0: This is Dr. What? Dr. Where? Stories of Rural Medicine. It's the podcast exploring what it's like to further your training and practice medicine in regional Victoria. We've explored all kinds of medical specialties on this podcast and the wonderful training and career opportunities across the footprint of Northwest Victoria and the Gippsland Regional Training Hubs. The Western Victoria Regional Training Hub has commissioned a number of episodes looking at different aspects of life and work in Western Victoria. From the incredible coastal vistas of the Great Ocean Road to the broad expanse of the Wimmera, there's an incredible lifestyle and dynamic career waiting for you. Dr. Fari Islam is a neurologist and Dr. David Hunchak is a rural generalist. Together they practice in Horsham, but that wasn't always the plan.
1: We had always hoped to end up working regionally or in a rural setting, but it sort of came upon us a bit more suddenly than we thought it would uh, due to COVID.
0: Along with their 10-month-old daughter, their loving life with the Grampians on their doorstep and a healthcare community who supports both their careers and their family life.
1: So we had plans for the next year or two to be in Canada with David's family which was cancelled for obvious reasons, which is how we ended up here. In terms of my background, I trained as a psychologist first at Wollongong University and trained in neuropsychology before entering neurology training and have fellowed in movement disorders and cognitive neurology. So it wasn't always apparent that regional work would be possible, because you can understand that's
2: quite specialised, but it's worked out so far. I did a molecular biology and genetics degree in Canada, and then came out and studied at the University of Melbourne, did medicine there. And during that training I grew up on a farm in Canada and um, I was interested in rural medicine I got to do some rural electives out in Western Victoria uh, as a medical student and then when I was sort of deciding on my training pathway I was a little bit interested in critical care stuff but decided that being a rural generalist was probably the best pathway for me and so I've been pursuing that since I suppose I organized them in Western Victoria because I was interested in the region already. Um, I've been coming out here. I really love the Grampians and, and going out to Arapiles. So, right from the first, you know, month that I moved here, I started coming out here to recreate. So I've been actually wanted to work in Horsham since I finished school, but uh, um, haven't actually been able to make it work until now.
0: Was that the same for you, Fari?
1: Uh, Slightly different. So I've worked in a number of hospitals in Victoria and New South Wales. Probably the furthest out from a city you can get in neurology training is Geelong. So that was helpful to see what sorts of challenges you can face with regional medicine, although I wouldn't really call it regional now. I have always liked the lifestyle of regional living. Having grown up in Wollongong, I enjoy that side of things, but I've, I probably took a bit of convincing because I wasn't sure that from a career point of view as a specialist that it would necessarily be a good idea to be so far away so early on in my practice. And it's such an interesting time for this to happen to us because I do think that some of the constraints that came with COVID have led people to realise that the possibilities are a lot greater for working out from a city.
0: You made headlines when you came out here because you know you were Horsham's first neurologist. What was that like?
1: Uh, Well I guess we have to laugh a little bit about that but it's obviously very flattering to feel so wanted and certainly it's very rare for specialists to come out of the city and there are a number of reasons for that and I get it but hopefully we're seeing a change in that way of thinking and I have colleagues that are interested in in working further out from the city and I I hope that I've played a part in encouraging that.
0: You mentioned that it can be difficult with such a high degree of specialty to be practicing outside of the metro centres so early in your career Do you think bringing more specialist capability out here will change that?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is a mental barrier, so it's obviously very daunting for anyone to feel isolated or or apart from other colleagues, but I've really found that that's not nearly as much a problem as I thought it would be, and certainly... I've had a really great response from all my mentors and and colleagues whenever I've asked them about patients that I'm not sure about and it really isn't necessary that you have to feel alone in your practice just because you're geographically far away from other specialists.
0: What has the support network been like from your colleagues in, in Metro Geelong or Melbourne?
1: Uh, I have to say fantastic. So it's quite frequent that I will either drop an email or get on on the phone to other specialists in, in the centres that I've worked at. And because I've worked at a number of hospitals, I've sort of acquired uh, friendships with people in a number of specialties. So it makes it actually even better in some ways because I, I take the pressure off being more general and uh, I can contact people when I need for that extra advice.
0: And how receptive are they for those sort of phone consults?
1: Very receptive. I have to say I'm actually quite impressed and some of these people are professors, associate professors. They're, They're... Super busy. They take the time out of their day to go through a number of questions I have regarding the current evidence in stroke or Parkinson's disease, and very highly regarded international consultants in their field. So, in in a lot of ways, I feel like I have at my fingertips some really great resources that I probably wouldn't have otherwise sought out. In a way. Uh, you know, I feel even more lucky. I might not have necessarily felt as comfortable if I was in a, in a tertiary centre to ask for that help.
0: One of the other things that people might be thinking of if they're coming out here to specialise in something is how have you been able to apply those skills you've developed?
1: I am so lucky that I've had such a broad depth of learning and I apply my two fellowship skills quite commonly. So specifically for neurology, Parkinson's disease and movement disorders go quite well together with cognitive neurology and dementia training so it's fit together very well and I sort of have a a really good background to deal with a lot of the conditions that I see out here and then in amongst that I have a lot of general neurology patients that I see and I think that my training in Melbourne has really prepared me well to deal with the general medicine that I also do so I I cover general medicine at the hospital as well and see inpatient consults for general neurology
0: well that seems to be a sort of common theme across regional medicine that you sort of do a mix of different jobs and different positions like yourself david as a rural generalist you're working across you know the medical center here as well as the hospital and i believe also some aboriginal health
2: Yeah, some general practice, not as much as I'd like, and and that's at the local Aboriginal Health Co-op, and the majority of my work is in the emergency department here. Both of the places I work have really, as is common in regional places, they have really passionate people at the head. It's exciting to come in and, and work in those places. They've got Things are changing a lot, uh, I think regionally in general, but um, in Horsham as well. And I think it's it's really nice to be working in places where people have a vision of um, where they want to um, take the organisation and they're working hard to make those ambitions a reality.
0: And how have you found your desires to pursue certain types of medicine or perhaps certain uh, mixes of caseloads? How have you found the health service being receptive to that?
2: They've been very good. It's been a funny time. So my previous job, I was doing some anesthetics and with COVID and the um, elective shutdown. And, you know, I think rural generalists need to understand that like anywhere, there's limited numbers of positions and obviously... That is uh, more so in in smaller areas. So I think you do need to be um, flexible about uh, what role you're going to um, step in and provide. It's good to have a breadth of skills. So uh, when I came out here, basically they had a big gap in the ED and I've been working to fill that gap. Yeah, they've been um, very receptive and helpful with that.
1: I've really had complete flexibility to choose how I want to structure my week. And everyone is really really jumping through hoops to cater to what we want to do rather than trying to force us into doing jobs we don't want to. So with my cognitive neurology I've found everyone really happy to try and work around what I want to do and for instance I was getting quite a lot of those referrals in through this clinic which can be a little bit difficult compared to the memory service that we offer at the hospital and um, we sort of restructured things a little bit and now we've fixed that balance so it's just little things like that everyone's really been willing to cater to that and I think it's quite a stark contrast to say falling into a practice in the city where everyone is super sub so you sort of have to fit in around with what's existing and my books are full from day one, which is not necessarily something you might find if you're a first day consultant in a big practice in a tertiary center. So we're really quite lucky in that regard.
0: Outside of work, we've touched on it so far, but the lifestyle considerations are a massive factor in moving somewhere like here. Like David, you like to climb in the Grampians?
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess that's been my hobby um, for a long time. And yeah, this area, is, I've been all over the world climbing and um, this area is just one of the most beautiful and fantastic places to come to. So yeah, it's amazing to um, be out here all the time and yeah, just get to live amongst these amazing places.
1: We have a lot of friends who practice medicine, obviously, and I don't know many couples who have been as lucky as us who've found such a good balance of sharing parenting, sharing workload And also even to the point where we could tag team, I could be on a a general medicine ward round in the morning and then um, Dave's looking after our daughter and then we swap over for him to do a shift in emergency. All that sort of stuff is pretty priceless, I have to say.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, What has it been like raising your daughter in somewhere like this?
2: Well, yeah, it's been, I, I guess with COVID, it's been an interesting time. We felt very lucky. First of all, we were out of Melbourne, which was fantastic because even in the strictest parts of the lockdown, we were still able to get outside and recreate. So, I mean, the the big disadvantage, it has been put a bit of a constraint on us um, meeting people since we've come here, since we weren't able to have people over to our home or go over to other people's homes and things but other than that yeah we had a fantastic time coming out here and we just basically take our daughter on hikes as often as we can and she loves it
1: yeah she doesn't know how lucky she is definitely (laughs) uh yes we're out hiking quite frequently i mean she's here now the clinic staff are looking after her that's pretty great deal overall
0: How might this experience compare to the both of you working in a a clinic in a metropolitan centre?
1: Well, I can say I feel very lucky every day. I think it's very rare that I have a dissatisfied patient in my experience here. It's every day I will have at least somebody thanking me for coming to the area and the vast majority, if they've already seen a neurologist, have been travelling either to Ballarat or Melbourne to do so and it's a huge toll on patients who have mobility problems or don't have a licence to do that and sometimes spend five minutes in a, in a clinic to have travelled four hours each way to do so. It, it's, yeah, really nice to be so wanted and needed.
0: Do you think that there's any kind of skills or attributes that people should look to getting to be able to um, practise regionally?
2: I would just say that the biggest thing would just be open-minded. I think I really feel like regional areas need more specialists, but it's very important that even if you're specialized to be uh, flexible and be willing to um, see patients, you know, with a, a broad spectrum of presentations. And I think basically that same mindset will apply outside of your career as well. I think, you know, there's a huge diversity of people living in these areas. And when you're in a big city, I think you have your group and you can just associate within your group. And I think one of the things I love about being in smaller areas is you get exposure to different people that you might not otherwise associate with. And that just expands your horizons so Yeah, I think the best thing that you can do to sort of improve your chances of success in in a rural environment is just to be open-minded and be willing to explore.
1: I think being a good generalist is helpful. So although I'm a specialist, I'm very acutely aware that a lot of my patients won't necessarily be able to see a rheumatologist easily for instance or a haematologist so if you can troubleshoot some of their problems that is really wonderful and I do find myself doing a lot of general medicine in my clinic as well.
0: Have either of you kind of encountered any challenges over the course of your time here so far?
2: It's helpful certainly I I, um, started training in a rural environment straight away Yeah. So at this point, I think both of us luckily have a fair bit of experience under our belts and that that can be helpful because, yeah, help is not always, uh, you know, very experienced help is not always immediately close to hand. One of the challenges of working in a rural and or remote area is sometimes can be in liaising with your um, metropolitan counterparts and getting them to understand the resources that you're working with and sort of advocating for your patients to um, help them access the services they need, especially if you think they happen to need to go to a metro area. I think uh, essentially, so that, that can be a major challenge, but if you've worked in regional areas and metro areas, I think you can help communicate that to people.
1: Yes, resources are clearly a challenge and I think that is difficult, but you just have to be comfortable in working in that environment and sometimes it does mean you don't always get your answers as quickly as you would like them, but you have to be a bit flexible.
0: Farah, you've mentioned there's, there's been a lot of, I guess, gratitude from the community that you're out here with the range of specialist skills you've got and that's been... Your experience while consulting with patients, but what's that experience been like for the both of you outside of the clinic or outside of the ED? Do you find that there's there's a a lot less opportunity to be anonymous or or keep that degree of separation from patients?
1: You are known as the neurologist in Horsham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anonymous. That's true. I, I wouldn't say it's it's celebrity status, but Sure, yes, I do go to my local store and, and they know who I am. But uh, I haven't had any negative experience with that. And it's also not that common that I run into my patients outside of work. And if I do, they're always pretty polite and just say hello.
2: Yeah, I think that's something that rural GPs talk about all the time. Keeping boundaries is, is an interesting issue. Certainly at the practice I'm at, um, we see a lot of the people who work there as, as patients. I think that's just a part of practicing in a smaller town. I don't consider Horsham that small, but it is smaller. Um, so you're going to know people who are your patients. And hopefully, I think, obviously, I haven't been here that long, nothing adverse has happened so far. But over the course of your career, sometimes something might happen. And you have to be aware that that can be an issue. And just accepting that that comes with the territory and have strategies in place for dealing with that. On the whole, I don't find that side of things that taxing and people understand that there are limited numbers of doctors, so if they know you there and, and they're willing to come and see you, then, then that's a vote of confidence, so that's nice.
1: I guess probably more uh, relevant is that it's a small medical community, so you will likely meet or have some contact with your patient's GP at some stage. Yeah, being professional about what's going on. If you, if you disagree with a management plan, for instance, I wouldn't necessarily... Well, that's good advice in general, not to be dismissive of your colleagues. I do test out my patients every now and then I ask them if they had a rude Canadian doctor in emergency and see <laughs> how their experience was. But generally, I haven't caught Dave out yet. So,
0: <laughs> What does the future look like for the both of you?
1: Bright, really. Oh, we're very optimistic. So we have felt very at home. We're looking to make this our home, the area our home, and uh, hopefully continue in the way we have. We're pretty happy with our work-life balance. Obviously, things will change uh, with our family load. But for us, I think we're going to continue in this way for some time, working half-time each, parenting half-time each.
2: There's really basically unlimited possibilities for things we'd like to do in our careers um, here so you know as as we go through I feel like any interests we might develop within medicine there's tons of opportunity to explore those interests and so there's no chance that I'll ever be bored here in my career yeah so it's a really nice feeling that you could have all those opportunities
0: Have you got any advice for anyone that's looking at coming out to a regional area like Horsham to practice or or train?
2: I have a few
1: pieces of advice. It's clear that country life isn't for everyone. So definitely try uh, the area before you commit to working in the country. But probably one of my biggest pieces of advice would be to have quite clear boundaries in terms of what you want to do work-wise in your schedule because it's quite easy to fall into a trap of giving all of your time and energies to work when you're uh, in an under-resourced area. So if you want to have longevity in your career, I think you really need to make sure that you're looking after yourself as well. So I know uh, there is the temptation for me to make myself available on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week for phone advice, consults, etc., But that's not really the way I want to live my life. So it's been a a matter of tweaking things to get the right balance. And I generally feel like it's easier to add workload than to take it away. So if you say yes to something, it's really hard to go back on that. So don't overcommit. People will be asking you to do... whole lot of things if you're in the country um, you become hot property so just have a think on on where you want to be at and how many days a week you want to do, what hours you want to do and then work from there and then my other piece of advice would be to foster those relationships with mentors and other colleagues while you are in the city
2: so that you do have some networks for when you are are leaving that environment I mean obviously I'm passionate about rural health and I happen to think that Probably everyone should go to the country at some point in their training whether that's as a medical student or as a junior doctor I think those times are really ideal especially as a junior doctor when you come out there's uh, you know the the people working are senior and there's not that many registrars and people in between so your um, exposure to procedures and all kinds of other things is um, I think fantastic and unparalleled so I, I think training as a junior in the country is probably better than in the city and then when your interests are becoming specialized or sub-specialized that's when um, you go to the bigger centers um, learn those things and then if you want to you can take that back out to the community if, if, if that's something you choose to do and then yeah that way you'll have experienced what the work is like and as Fari was saying you'll you'll know if it's if it's for you or you'll have some idea.
0: With work-life balance as a, as a rural generalist, what's your experience been like in that regard?
2: Well, it is as Fari was saying, I have worked in a job when I was... Working doing anesthetic cover, I was essentially splitting my time between the GP clinic, the emergency department, the nursing homes, the inpatient units, and and the theater. And you can feel pulled in a million directions all at once. And it was wonderful training, but um, it's very difficult to sustain that level of commitment. Uh, working in the emergency department is a different beast, and, and so I do feel lucky in that way. Um, I sort of have, yeah, one area that I'm focused on, and because of my um, commitments to my family, uh, I've uh, had to limit my shifts there, so it's it's not too onerous. But um, certainly Faria is very right. People always want more out of you because um, it's, you're working in almost always uh, a, an under-resourced setting. So, yeah, you definitely have to balance somehow your desire to help the community and your, you know, and, and your ethical obligation also to, to help the community potentially with um, the way you, you want your life to be structured. It can very much be a, um, a difficult balancing act.
1: If you're thinking about working in a r- rural or regional setting, give it a try. Um, I've had a great experience. As I said, it's not for everyone. I find it really interesting that so many people, because we're giving people naturally, we want to help others. And, w- and so many of us think about going overseas to work in uh, a developed nation or, or similar things like that. But look to your own backyard. We have quite a lot of... Um, healthcare problems within Australia that you could really contribute a lot to, uh, and it's it's really such a rewarding career.
0: Thanks to our guests for taking the time to discuss their work, and thank you for listening. This episode was part of a series of conversations with doctors in regional Victoria. There's more episodes available, which focus on a wide range of medical specialties and all things rural medicine. Find us on your podcast app of choice. And if you're enjoying the series so far, give us a five-star rating. It helps us reach more people looking at a career in rural medicine. Deakin University's School of Medicine has collaborated with Monash Rural Health to create this episode. Deakin operates the Western Victoria Regional Training Hub and Monash Rural Health, the Northwest Victoria and Gippsland regional training hubs. There are hubs all across the country helping medical students and junior doctors learn more about practicing medicine in regional Australia. To find out where your nearest regional training hub is, visit the link in the episode show notes or just search regional training hubs. Dr. What, Dr. Where is presented by Patrick Laverick, that's me. And it was made possible by funding from the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program at the Commonwealth Department of Health.